Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast, where we look at history and our times through the lens of faith, the lens of character, the lens of leadership. Great to have you with me. Hey, I want to dive right in, and I'm going to share with you a story that I feel keenly because it's about a friend of mine. And I'm going to use that story to shine, to open up a little bit of a prism uh, on the U.S. Congress, which is, frankly, in America, one of our biggest problems. So I don't want to be a downer today, but I do want to share this story. I want to talk to you about Congressman Mark Green. Congressman Mark Green represents the the Tennessee 7th District, uh, which is right here on the edge of Nashville, where I'm sitting. I'm in our studios here in Nashville recording this, and I have known him for a lot of years. I want to tell you a little bit about his story, and I want to tell you about a decision that he has made just recently. Uh, Mark Green is an American patriot, good Tennessee boy, smart, gifted, wanted to serve his country. Uh, got accepted into, appointed, they say, into West Point, attended there, uh, was in a st- storied class of people, Mike Pompeo and a lot of other people, Stanley McChrystal and others were in that class. And so it's um, like an earlier class that is often described in these terms, a a class on which the stars fell. That's the way they speak of some of the earlier classes that had some of the major uh, generals and leaders and future presidents in it. So Mark got appointed to the United States Military Academy at West Point, did well, uh, entered the Army, uh, eventually earned a master's degree in systems management at USC, and um, became an Army Ranger. Served well as an Army Ranger, served with the 82nd Airborne right here at Fort Campbell, near where I'm sitting again. Fort Campbell's just outside of Nashville. And eventually, uh, Mark went and got his medical degree at Wright State. So now he became a flight surgeon. He worked with a special operations medical unit. Um, He was a uh, a high-ranking, much-valued, much-loved man uh, in the American military, a doctor uh, serving our troops, doing great things. He came to national prominence uh, through a story that happened, you know, sort of accidentally. Um, when they pulled Saddam Hussein out of his hidey hole, we all saw that he was literally in a hole hiding from U.S. troops and for those looking for him. Uh, Mark Green was the doctor who tended him, and they had conversations conversations and spent time together. And Saddam Hussein, as you may have read in the newspapers, was rather chatty and talked to Mark Green about a great deal. In fact, Mark wrote a book about it that I hope you'll get. Mark attended him medically, helped him, understood him, talked to him, uh, and they shared time together over a period of time. This this brought Mark to a bit of national prominence. Of course, his book helped, and he continued to serve in the military. Uh, he got out of the military eventually. He started a medical services company, a management company, very successful. Uh, Mark owns a farm just in, outside of Ashland City, not too far again from where I'm sitting, maybe an hour. And uh, he was doing well, but he decided to run for the U.S. U.S. Congress. When Marsha Blackburn left her Congress seat, 
uh, for Tennessee and ran for Senate. Mark ran for her seat and was appointed. You may know that before that, or around this time, actually, Donald Trump tried to appoint Mark Green as Secretary of the Army. But a lot of old sermons and old talks that Mark had given in which he held a biblical view on homosexuality surfaced, and there was a lot of opposition. So to relieve Donald Trump of having to uh, have any kind of embarrassment or failed appointment or whatever, even even be distracted by the battle, uh, Mark Green withdrew his nomination. So that's how prominent he was. That's how honored he was. That's how respected he was. He has been in Congress for a number of years. Uh, He has sat on the Homeland Security Committee. Um, He is a very valued member and has served well, has written books, has worked to build uh, relationships across the aisle. Um, His constant theme is we before me, and that'll give you some sense of what this patriot is about. Now, I'm telling you all this, and and, uh, I do not work for Mark. I have never been hired by him for anything, so don't be suspicious. Some of you like it when I explain what my relationship is to people that I'm talking about on the air. you just want to know if I'm in their employ. I'm not, nor have I ever been. But we are friends. He's a good man. We've had meals together. I've been on his ranch and, and or on his farm and um, enjoyed time with him. And what saddens me, and the reason that I'm telling his story now, is that he is leaving the United States Congress. He is not going to run again. And he won't mind me telling you, we had a personal interaction the other day, and he said very clearly, you can't get anything done in this place. You can't get anything done in this place. So here's Mark Green, the very kind of man we want to be in the United States Congress, a West Point grad and a military man and a medical doctor and the founder of his own successful business and a, and, and, and a farm owner even and a, a rural Tennessean. I mean, it's all the things, all the Cincinnati themes, all the, <laughs> all the pieces that we love having in the United States Congress, a patriot, a well-spoken man, a reconciler, a a team builder, a businessman, a military man, a, a highly trained soldier. When you're a U.S. Army Ranger, you are highly trained and you are exceptional, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This is who we want in the United States Congress. And he's going to leave. He's announced this already, and I'm sure more announcements will come. Uh, he is going to leave because, quote, he can't get anything done in this place. Now, there are others who feel this way, and I could have told their story. But I want us to ponder for a moment, uh, and I'm, I'm going to be very pointed in my in my encouragement to you to act by the time I'm done with this podcast, um, because a lot of our problem in the United States is because the United States Congress is dysfunctional. You see, the founding fathers intended that the Congress would be the primary agency of government. The president would execute. He would be the executive officer, the chief executive officer, um, and also for speed purposes, be commander of chief in the military, able to deploy troops, things of that nature. Uh, And that's why often uh, presidents were military men. And the Supreme Court would decide what laws were constitutional and what weren't. 
That was the entire idea. In fact, if you've traveled to Washington, D.C. and toured the U.S. Capitol, you know that the Supreme Court met in one room in the basement of the U.S. Congress building, the Capitol building. That gives you some sense of what the role of the Supreme Court was. It, it was certainly a third branch of government, but it wasn't considered to be a major branch, a decisive branch, a, a branch that would make law or set national direction. And the president was certainly not to be the imperial president uh, that we have today, the kind of imperial presidency we know today, where things are done by mandate and so on. He was meant to execute basically the laws coming out of Congress. But Congress was where the people's representatives met. Congress was where decisions were made. Congress were where laws were crafted. Congress alone, for example, had the power to declare law, etc., But what's happened is that we have had an eroding of both the effectiveness and the checks and balances within Congress that would have allowed it to act quickly and decisively. Uh, It is possible now to get a law passed without having to assure how that law will be funded. Now, that used to be impossible. It used to be that you had to provide, I'm speaking in layman's terms now, that you had to show how it would be funded. You'd have to show the tax base. You'd have to present exactly how the financing would occur. You couldn't just pass a law and then say, well, somebody's going to pay for it or fiat money will pay for it or funny money being printed by the treasury will be paying for it. No, you had to show that. But uh, you've also had weird laws passed by the extreme set. For example, right now, uh, Speaker of the House Johnson is trying desperately to work out uh, a reconciliation bill, a bill where there's bipartisan support for continuing funding. I think you know that on uh, the last day of or the first day of April uh, that the government, quote unquote, runs out of money. It's not it's not technically it's not exactly true. It just means that there's not an agreed upon budget from which to govern and therefore technically money can't be spent. Therefore, the government shuts down. And this is when the press goes wild and shows people who can't get into buildings, you know, tourists who can't get into buildings in Washington, D.C., people who are stuck outside of national parks and things like that, and, and people who are not, who supposedly are not getting paid. Uh, all of this to say that right now, Speaker of the House Johnson is trying to work um, with conservative Democrats, or at least moderate Democrats, to affect a, a budget. And he's being attacked by members on the right who are saying, and this, by the way, is Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is a strange person and likes to wield power. Uh, she has said that if this bill includes, or if this budget includes support for the war in Ukraine, support for the Ukrainian cause, um, that she will act to vacate the seat. And this is one of these weird procedures that has happened uh, in the Congress that's, that's debilitating. It's possible for one member of the Congress to move that the seat, the Speaker of the House seat, be vacated. So even though the majority of the Congress is in favor of funding the war in the Ukraine at some level, one congresswoman known for her extremism can move on the floor for the seat to be vacated And there will be what we saw earlier with Speaker of the House McCarthy. Uh, There will be a move to try to remove him by some that at least will come up for a vote. You'll have other people vying for the seat. It throws the House into chaos. And all Speaker Johnson's trying to do is affect a bill that has bipartisan support, which, by the way, given the split of Congress, is pretty much necessary. 
So do you see that things can't get done? Things can't move forward. It's frustrating. You've got good, talented people, people who could be very happy in the private sector, and they're up on the hill trying to serve the country, and they can't get things done. And in the Republican Party, of course, it's the extreme right. You know, I, I'm conservative. I've said that many, many times. Don't think that I'm, you know, going left, as some of you might say, and and opposing the right. But the far right is holding the GOP hostage. Not only is that happening with Donald Trump, but it's also happening with members on the extreme right who can flip certain levers and completely, just completely gag the Congress and keep it from acting. So we have a crisis And it is that we're going to need government to function quickly and effectively uh, as much as ever, if not more, in the coming years. We need uh, for Congress to act on a number of things. You can't believe the things it can't get done. You know that one congressman from Texas, uh, I believe he was from Texas, kept military appointments from happening for months And as a result, you have generals who couldn't get appointed. You had battalions that couldn't get couldn't get led right divisions. You had dysfunction in the Pentagon. Joint chiefs were making it very clear this is hampering us all because of one congressman. Now, I happen to believe in that congressman's cause. I did not agree with his procedure. He did this over military funding of abortion a cause he cared very much about, and so do I. But he should not have chosen this way to do it. You don't want to hamstring our military when we are in peril worldwide more than we've been in a while, quite frankly. The possibility for the outbreak of war, as I've reviewed in earlier podcasts, is pretty severe. So what I want us to keep our eye on is the dysfunction of Congress. The Supreme Court, whether you agree with them or not, is functioning just fine. The presidency is overbloated and imperial, uh, but that's not where a crisis is happening. At least the president can act when he wants to. I don't happen to agree with this president on very much, um, but he's, he's at least is capable of action and has shown that, as have recent presidents. But the Congress is a dysfunctional organization that has a hard time getting things done. And I'm not talking about the role of the Senate in cooling things off with the House. I'm not talking about the normal checks and balances that keep extreme and uh, overheated action from taking place. I'm talking about just getting a budget done. I'm talking about just getting anything done. I'm talking about protecting the country. I'm talking about the basic function of Congress. And we've got a crisis. I don't believe in being uh, alarmist and screaming on this podcast about how bad things are and then getting off the air. That's not my point. But I want to say to you that you all, all of you who are Americans, and this podcast is heard worldwide, and I'm grateful for that. Welcome. But I want to say to those of you who are Americans and are represented by um, people in Congress, House, and Senate, I want you to contact your member of Congress and push for th- these things to these log jams to be broken. I, I want you to consider that we have a highly dysfunctional Congress. You are represented by a congressman in your district and two senators in your state. You might have influence with people outside of your district just by virtue of being in your state. And You need to express your will. You need to bring some heat. You need to help. You need to get informed, know what's going on, 
and pressure these people to get the job done. We've got a dysfunctional Congress. Most Americans barely understand what Congress does. Most Americans could not describe the way that a law is made. Most Americans, in fact, a statistical majority, don't even know who represents them in their district. And that's part of what allows them to go to D.C., get what Harry Truman called Potomac fever, and forget who they are, forget who sent them, forget what they're there to do, and a crisis has arisen. Second of all, in addition to, number one, you beginning to get informed and making your views and the pressure felt uh, for your members of Congress, and I mean mean in, in sincere, heated ways, I want you to consider running. A huge number of, by the way, I know that some of you took that as run away from the country. No, I mean run for office, run for Congress. I hear from a huge number of you. Many of you are successful in business. You've got years of leadership. You care about your state. You've been there your whole life. Your family's lived there for generations. And there's no reason that you shouldn't consider running for office. It's time for the lowest common denominator to no longer be running for Congress and taking these seats. We need exceptional people like Mark Green. We need exceptional people uh, like some of the other folks who lead. But I've spent a lot of time with senators, just happen to have a lot of senators as friends, a lot of congressmen. And we've sat around late in the evening and talked about how it's almost impossible to get anything done. And some of the people on the, on the, in the GOP who are vilified, Mr. McConnell's an example, are actually trying to make get things done. But they're hampered by the Marjorie Taylor Greens and the extreme left and the Broberts uh, and the Getzes. Gates, I think, is the way it's said. I mean, these people can be shut down. Don't send somebody to Congress to tie up the proceedings. I mean, that's a betrayal of the country. That's, that's attempting some kind of insurrection. Those of you uh, Kurds and, and my friends from the Middle East who are, who are from Detroit and from Michigan— uh, the people in your district, some of your districts have sent atrocious folks into Congress, folks who call for the death of Jews, uh, folks who betray the American cause, folks who want to violate the Constitution, uh, f- folks who don't believe in American democracy. Fight it. Fight it. Why don't we have a good Kurdish representative coming out of Detroit? Why do we have the squad? Why do we have people who betray us? How about upstate New York? Why why do we have some of the people representing? Come on, let's get busy. Let's get involved. Let's run some good people. Don't be afraid of the press. Don't be afraid of the bludgeoning you're going to take. We're at a desperate hour in American history, and we need good people to run for office. We need good people to be in politics. And a lot of you who listen to this podcast are young. You're going to college. You're studying. Make sure that you learn, make sure that you do a minor or a major politics, law, American government, history. Make sure you know these things because then you have the power to bring change. I've never held office, but thank God I have a pretty good hearing in Washington, D.C. I can get a lot of people on the phone. I can sit with them over dinner. I'm nothing special. But as a result, I'm able to shape events to some extent, to some extent. And so make your decisions about your academics with the intention to lead. By the way, leadership degrees are good. You don't want to get just a leadership degree. Get a, get a double major in, in American political science or pre-law and also leadership. Don't just get a leadership degree. I can talk to you about that offline. But get the degrees that help you understand what's going on in our society. Go to law school. Get your master's degree in public policy. Prepare to lead. Our situation is fluid. 
The doors are more open than they appear. If you if you're griping about Congress, if you're if you're sitting around concerned about what's going on with this country, and you should be, then prepare to lead. I'm talking to you, young folks. So some of you need to run. Some of you need to prepare to lead. All of you need to bring the heat to your representatives, and we as a society can get better. But a good man is leaving the Congress. Mark Green, Doctor Congressman Mark Green. I love him. I think he's going to try to exert influence in some other area of government, but he will tell you, as I'm sure he's going to say often, both before he leaves and after, it's hard to get anything done in that dysfunctional Congress that we have today. Let's fix it. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular global speaker, Senior Fellow for Public Leadership at Palm Beach Atlantic University. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.